those of you streaming with us online, worship streaming, uh, you can act like this as a classroom, and you need to get your spiral notebook out on a pen and start taking notes. I can understand you. I am so sorry. I thought I'd already done that. Uh, that's why. That's what I need to up here. She can poke me in the side and say, "That's kids go." <laughs> Children, be blessed. Kids, world, be blessed. Go with Miss Tony, Mister Tom, and there's going to be something good in there with those monster trucks this morning. Amen. Y'all give the kids a big hand, would you? Amen. We're happy to support our kids, world, kids, aren't we? Praise God. Praise God. Matthew chapter twelve, verse thirty, that first commandment, and, and stating. Oppositely, if you wanted to imply something the opposite of meaning, the greatest sin of all is when we choose to not love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Can you say amen to that? That is that's the, the greatest, that's the number one sin. No more commandments to love it. Number one sin is to refuse to decide otherwise. We'll never experience all that God has for us until we totally. That's everything. That's the whole shebang. That's the whole kit and caboodle until we totally surrender and love God with all that we are and will be. Like Jesus said. You missed a good chance to say amen right there. Wonderful chance to amen the preaching. Come on. I'll do it myself. That's a good preaching right <laughs> True worship, it flows from our total uh, love and devotion to the Lord. And you know, we'll never fully serve our Lord until we choose to live as a true worshiper. I want to define the word worship. Does anybody have an idea how to define worship? Yes, Teresa? Your attitude. If Jesus made that statement, worship in spirit, that's attitude and truth, right? Well, I want to define it for you from the dictionary. It's the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity, as in the worship of God. As in the worship of God. Now, the verb meaning of it is to show reverence and adoration for a deity, to honor with religious rites, as in the Maya built jungle pyramids to worship their gods. I have been in Chichen Itza in Guatemala, the most famous of those sites. I've been on top of the biggest, the big pyramid that they have up there. It's just a, a smelly, dusty, ugly pyramid with some missing tiles in it. And you can tell that they, there's blood stains. You can tell they did sacrifices on top, but there's really nothing special about it because they weren't worshiping the true and living God, amen. But I've been there. I've been there to see the evidence of what they've called worship, what they've done. True worship is not something that can be uh, boxed in in our life for an hour, for one day a week on Sunday. It's not an appointed ritual. True worship is not an appointed ritual. It's not something uh, I had. Uh, my, my deceased wife, Anne, was training to be a nun as a young as a teenager. And actually was in the convent at, at 1920 and all was gonna join up that order that she was with. And she could share with me the things in that 
particular religious setting, the rituals, they've turned it into a ritual religion and a ritual experience. Anybody here ever been Catholic in your life? I take the goggles off so I can see what you look like. Nobody. But I was close to one for, for 33 years and actually attended some of the services with the, the family in North Dakota at times. And I observed, and now I shared when he was done with the sermon, it was beautiful work. He was actually speaking the scriptures. He was encouraging the people to love God with what he said. But the people, it was a ritual to them. We've got to sit and listen to the hum. That's what we call a homily. Got to listen to the homily so we can be a homeboy, right? You know, they all were sitting there just to cut up their, their eyes rolling, their arms crossed. And, and then they would, they would, uh, they would little kneeling things and the few in front of them would come down, they'd kneel and say, uh, we bless the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, or in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then there was another ritual everybody would line up and the, the pastor, would, he had some wine, a wine bottle and a, 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 a loaf of bread, and he would sit there and break it off and hand it to them, and they would take it, and that was symbolizing something very special, which we know is communion. They're receiving communion, right? They're receiving oneness with the Lord, covenant relationship with God through this ritual. However, what I did notice, many of them would take that and wolf it down real quick and grin at each other and smack their lips, maybe spit when they walked out of the door or whatever, and just went on life like nothing was changed, like there was nothing different. It made no difference to them. It was a religious, it was a ritual that they went through. It was a nod to God. That's another way to say it. They were nodding to God. And hoping that was enough to make God happy with them, right? Amen? So, that, it, we, we've got to get out of the idea it's not a ritual that we box in one day a week, Sunday or and Wednesday. By the way, gentlemen, any of you watching, uh, we have the uh, WWP Wednesday evening. We were starting the 10 Kickstarters for a disciplined life. Some of the wives and ladies might want to come listen so you can poke your husband in the belly or in the side when he's not doing what we're talking about. <laughs> number one, the number one point, we never got past the point or even into it. Number one point was to clean everything. Clean up. Clean up. Get it clean. Everything in life, get it clean. And, and you realize, y'all realize, when my fingers like this, three of my fingers are pointing back in my face. So I'm sitting there, clean up, <laughs> pointing back at me. So you ladies, you know, you might want to, to to crash that party and give some advice to that feller, you know, poking the side when he's not obeying the word there, amen. So anyhow, we. Uh, it's, it's not a ritual, an appointed ritual. We can't box it in Wednesday night, 6.30, 7.30. Can't box it in Sunday morning, uh, 10 o'clock to 11.30. We can't box it in because he's not boxable. Praise God. Now, true worship is a way of life. There's a good chance to stay in right there. It's a way of life. It is day by day, hour by hour, Minute by minute. Never forget Jesus. Love the song. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. All about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus.
Matt Redman did a wonderful job with that song. And it's very truthful and pertinent to each of us as a child of God, moment by moment, day by day, hour by hour. It's a continuous thought. This is something that came originally to me, independent of my notes that I already had. It's a continuous thought towards God of love, of praise, of reverence. Love, praise, reverence. Anybody ever heard of Thomas Akempis? He was a, a, a so-called holy man centuries back. He made a statement, we must, the most important thing, we must practice the presence of God. Amen. Practice the presence of God. I can remember one time that I, I was, a, it, it was like the cartoon, there was a situation there, and I was being tempted. It wasn't some horrible thing or anything like that, but it's something that I, I shouldn't do, okay, that I was not supposed to do right. And, and you could see there was, a red fellow with horns over here, and there was a fellow in the white robe with wings over here, and they're arguing back and forth in my mind, and uh, they're saying, you know, he, he's over here saying, look, no one, you're here by yourself, no one is here, no one will know, uh, at least it's like it's between you and the Lord, and that's it, you know, don't worry about it, no one will know. And over here he's saying that you're not, that's something you've been, you've been told not to do, uh, it's forbidden fruit, so to speak, son. Uh, don't do it. Stay away from it. Run, Forrest, run. <laughs> and this is going on for a, a minute or two. And after a while, they both shut up for a second. And I'm thinking, hmm, hmm, hmm. And my hands even tend to kind of reach over or whatever. And I hear this voice say, I'm here. It was Jesus. And I'm here. And you know what? That settled it. Mm -hmm. That settled that right there. This isn't going to happen. Lord Jesus, I can't do this. So many, you know, so many things were going on. I was a mama's boy. And, and I did not get involved with the partying scene with the kids uh, doing the marijuana, any of the smoking, drinking, any of that stuff. I just stayed away from it. Uh, more than anything else, I didn't get saved until I was 14. But as a little kid, the whole time, I didn't do that stuff. Because I didn't want to displease my mama. She had taught me things and told me things through the years. I didn't want to displease mama, so I didn't do them. I was never in the cool crowd because I wouldn't join in with the crowd with these things. And, and so this happened just like that. All of a sudden I realized I, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to displease Jesus. I don't want to make him angry with me. I don't want to displease him and disappoint him. I'm afraid to disappoint him. So that shut that down immediately, you know? Immediately. Come on now. That was good preaching right there. <laughs> we need to realize that. <laughs> so we, we come in in worship and we come in in devotion, uh, in adoration, in obedience, in thankfulness, in honor, in submission, in sacrifice, in prayer, in exaltation. What does that mean? That means lifting him high above everything and everyone else. Proclaiming his name. Not afraid to say the name of Jesus. I love that, that old song that Jimmy Swagger used to sing. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell of the choices he made. Every day, every hour. 
I'm going to praise him by the day. Lord, lift up that wonderful name. That's exaltation. To know, it says in the Bible, you're called by that name. People should know you belong to Jesus. Come on. Come on. People, people should be able to tell you belong to Jesus. So exaltation, admiration, confession, much, much more. Why? Because he is our everything. Think about it. He is our everything. That's Jesus. Hebrews 13 and 15, you want to look at that quickly? In the Word of God, Hebrews is... That's the reason we know the man, the man's supposed to make the coffee in the morning, right? Hebrews, right? Hebrews 13 and 15, it says this, By him, therefore, let us offer up the sacrifice of praise, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Did you know that thanking him is praising him? Did you realize that? Thanking him is praising him. Got a medley I do in, in, in CGMA. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. You're so good to me. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. You're so good to me. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. You're so good to me. You're so good, so good to me. And there's other things that goes with it. But that's praising him by giving him thanks, you see. Now, thanks to his name. What, what are we thankful for? Tell me some things that we're thankful for. Yes, Ms. Ben? Life. Hold the mic up closer. Life, breath, strength. You know, the number one thing I'm thankful, having been close that time, is his presence. Is his presence. Now, we're, we're also thankful. How many of you realize uh, the Bible talks about if, if you hang around with, with evil, it says companionship, it'll rub off on you. It says that first Corinthians, second Corinthians. You hang around with evil companionship, you rub shoulders with evil, guess what's going to happen? It's going to rub off on you, right? Come on. Come on, man. I can miss the chance saying it. It will. But you know what? You hang around with Father, with Son, with Holy Ghost, guess what happens? Guess who rubs off on you? The presence, the presence rubs off his nature. That's another thing we're thankful for. It says that in 1 Peter, by these things we're partakers of the divine nature. The nature of God, the nature of Jesus. The nature of God. What is the nature of God? What does that show up in us? How does that show up in our life? Galatians 5, what's it say? But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. All of those characteristics are of the nature of God. When the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Lord, is filling you up, you know, there's a saying that I've said through the years. When your bucket gets bumped, what splashes out is what you're full of. Think about that. That someone bumped your bucket, what splashes out of it on them? Huh? So what do we do? We get filled. That's why it says in Ephesians, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit.
Keep on continuing. Why? Because the nature of our Father, of our God, is inside. And we're thankful for that nature. Uh, we're, we're thankful for His promises. All His promises are yes and amen to the glory of God. We're thankful for that. Uh, we're thankful for His unbelievable love. Unbelievable love. Why do I call it unbelievable? Because it's unbelievable. There's nothing like it. No one. There is none like you, Lord. <laughs> no one else can touch my heart like you do. And I could search for all eternity long and find there's no one like you. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Unbelievable. Uh, his grace. We, thank, we give thanks for his grace in saving us. For by grace, you are saved through what? Through faith. And that not from yourselves. You didn't, you didn't weasel that up out of yourself. It's the gift of God. God put it inside you to believe him, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're thankful for that grace in saving us. We're thankful for his trustworthiness even when we're, our, we're not faithful to him. Has anybody ever seen that in your life? Maybe, maybe you've let down your faithfulness a little bit. Maybe it's something that could have disappointed Abba, and yet he's faithful, and he's there. And I can tell you he's absolutely faithful. I'm living proof of it. This body before you is living proof that he's faithful. Amen. This, this shoe on this foot is living proof that he's faithful. The little toe still on that foot is proof that he's faithful in his promise. Come on now. So we thank him for his trustworthiness. And then last but definitely not least, we thank him for his name. That he's given us. Amen. <laughs> and it says in it, Koshas. <laughs> that name. It, it, it says it in the word. All people will see that you were called by the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Woo! Woo, Jesus. Yes, put, put your name out here. Put, put your name all over me. I'm not going to get tattooed, but Lord, if you want it. Jesus. We're called by the name. He said in, in Ephesians, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. What's your name? My name's Abba. Actually, I'm, I'm Gary's son of Gary Ben Abba. Gary's son of Abba. Gary, son of Jehovah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Called by that name. Little brother of Jesus. Woo! We thank him for his name, don't we? Now, something very important. We're going to close shortly here. Something very important. True worship requires a humble soul. Have you ever in your life Especially in our younger years, we, we might tend to do this. I can remember uh, my as a teenager, and my daddy saying certain things and wanting to do things a certain way. And inside of me, I'm like, you don't know anything, do you? That's what I'm thinking. You don't know anything, do you? We need to do this and this and that. We need to do it this way. And at this time, if we don't do that, it's going to be a mess. We're thinking that, right? Isn't that right, Cecil? We're thinking that. 
But isn't it amazing? You said it to me. Isn't it amazing how smart our daddy got after we got up to around 21, 22? Especially after we got married. Isn't that amazing? So, the older we get, the smarter they get. The older we that's right. This is true. The smarter, smarter they get. So God hates pride. That's an example of pride coming up in our youthfulness there. Uh, he, he hates. It says that he, in Proverbs uh, 6, verses 16 through 19, these six things does the Lord hate. Have you ever thought that your God in heaven hates? I mean, we know he hates sin, right? But you ever thought about him hating things and, and actions and maybe even some people, right? You ever thought about that? These six things he hates. Seven are an abomination to him. Number one, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that are swift and running to, to mischief, and a false witness that speaks lies. He that sows strife and discord among brethren, among families. God hates that. But number one was proud, proud look. Amen? Proverbs 21.4 A high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. Proverbs 16.18 Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. That's happened to me. Has that ever happened to you? All proud about something, the next thing you know, you're on the floor crying because you've been taken down. And it's happened to me more than once. Glory to God. So hallelujah. He, he, pride cannot exist in the heart of a true worshiper. Uh, we, we have to worship God with a humble and contrite heart. Psalm 51, 17. I hope you all like the Bible because this particular set of lessons has a lot of the word in it, a lot of Bible in it. Psalm 51, 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Wow. Wow. Think about that. Isaiah 57, verse 15. For thus says the high and lofty one, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the contrite ones. That's whom the Father loves, is the humble, the contrite. The Bible says that in James, God, or 1 Peter, God resists the proud, but gives grace and favor to the humble. That word resist means makes war on the proud. Would you want to have God fighting against you? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I'm headed down the road. I'm not, I'm not staying for that fight, okay? So that's what the word says. True worship and pride cannot exist together. And God gives special favor to the humble according to those scriptures. Praise God. Uh, 1 Peter 5, 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. 
God resists the proud. But he gives his grace to the humble. That's the true worshiper. That's the one who lays down their heart and their life and everything before him, presents themselves in him. James 4, 6, but he gives, he, God, gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's that coined Greek word resist means makes war. He doesn't just stand there and let him push you. He makes war and starts swinging with the words of his mouth, amen, and does away with them. Now, we need to come to the Lord with a cleansed heart. This is another important thing. Number one, humble, but we must come to him with a cleansed heart, 1 John 1, 9. We all know that by heart, don't we? But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Come with a cleansed heart, fully prepared to walk in fellowship with our Abba Father, nothing coming between us and the Lord. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24 David prayed this. You remember what God called David? You remember that? It's a very well-known phrase. He said, I found a man after what? After my own heart. What a compliment. Oh, I'd love for Father God to say that about me. A man after my own heart. Oh, glory to God. He says this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Glory to God. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 3. It says this there. Nehemiah 9 3. And they stood up in their place. And they read from the book of the law. And the Lord uh, of the Lord their God for one fourth of the day. And for another fourth they confessed and worshiped the Lord their God. What did they confess? No one they confess. God said it in Hosea, bring calves of your lips and confess before me that you've messed up, that you've sinned, that you turned from me, and come back to me and I'll receive. That's what he told them in Hosea. So, uh, he, he's saying here, a fourth of the day, they confessed and worshiped the Lord their God. They were telling the Lord about, I've messed up, we have sinned. But, oh, Father God, you're great and mighty. You're the one who rules over the heavens. You're the one who is kind, loving kind. You're the one who renews our strength. You're the one who renews our youth like the eagles. You're the one who forgives us of our sin. And we thank you and we praise you. It says they spent a fourth of a 12-hour day. Can you imagine three hours worshiping? Confessing and worshiping. Can you imagine that? Woo! Are y'all ready for three hours today? Tiny? <laughs> it was a joke. It was a joke, okay? But when we learn to worship the Lord all the time, because He's good all the time, it totally changes the way we walk out our lives. That's right. We can decide we'll worship the Lord in our career places. We can be a light to others and doing our best jobs now. For the glory of God. I'm going to close with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31. Therefore whether you eat or drink. Or whatever you do. Do all. To the glory. Of God. Hallelujah. Who's ready to bring glory to God today? Praise you Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father God. Father God, I praise you for this, this family that's here today. This family knitted together into one in Christ Jesus. I'm praising you, Father God, that this word has gone forth, that they have received this word from your scriptures. They've received this word into their souls, and it's planted as a seed, and it's coming out and growing up and bringing forth a harvest in each one listening today. It's changing, transforming as they looked into the, the mirror of your word. It's changing each one into your image from glory to glory. We're thanking you for that, Father God. Let each one be blessed. Let each one be fruitful, multiplying, replenishing the earth. Let each one be having dominion in this earth, ruling, reigning as a righteous king's kid in Christ Jesus, Father God. Let that be so. Let each one determine, decide, I am, I will be, I shall be a true worshiper. I shall be all the days of my life and every minute of every day of every hour. I'll walk with you, Father God, and worship you. And Father God, we want to praise and honor you. Thank you, Father God, for the souls I've asked you to say you were asked to be the heathen for your inheritance. So we've asked. We're thanking you for the heathen coming in as your inheritance. We praise you for that, Father God, that souls that you add daily to your church such as should be saved. We're seeing salvation. We're seeing souls. We're seeing disciples coming into your kingdom. We're thanking you for that. Praising you for that. Blessing your name for that. Let this be a light of the kingdom to the surrounding areas. In Jesus' name, everybody agrees with that says. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom, shalom. Full peace from heaven. Amen. 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 Go with the Lord. Uh, feed your faces well. <laughs> In moderation, of course. You know, like I used to, I, Sunday after church was my... It was always my pig out there at the buffet. I was being like Paul. He said, I buffeted my body, didn't he? So I was doing like Paul, following this example, right? And, and so, uh, in moderation, the fruit of the Spirit coming out of every one of you and being a blessing. As he told Abraham, you shall be a blessing. Your seed, amen. Be that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We will see you Wednesday night, if not in the Rapture Center. Or not somewhere sooner, Schnook Center, somewhere sooner. Amen. Praise God. Go with the Lord and be refreshed in Him. Amen.